thanks so much for joining us today. We're so happy to have you here. And make sure to check out our website to see all the events that we have coming out, everything that's going on here at Christ Community. And be sure to like and subscribe, and that way you can see more content that we have rolling out. Enjoy the message. You all can have a seat. Uh, it's good to see you, and it's good to uh, celebrate the theme of friendship tonight. And so to kind of do that, I've, I've brought a friend to, to do a tag team sermon. Um, have, have I ever done a tag team sermon before? No. no. Um, <laughs> and I thought it would be super fun because of our theme of friendship. So here is Georgia Coates. And Georgia Coates, she has been a very good friend. Oh, we haven't even begun. Um, she has been a very good good friend across the board for the past five to seven, I don't know, I don't even know. Um, like but um, she is someone who, has, who, who, who is just brilliant and speaks uh, from this very humble, intelligent, very academic, she has all these papers. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. Um, she has papers, and it's how she thinks, and she puts things down, and she, she's very articulate and thoughtful. She's on, our, on the elder board here at our church, and um, she holds this posture of integrity. She's humble. She's brilliant, and I'm very honored to be in the same spot that, that you are. Um, but at the same spot, I'm terrified um, <laughs> because doing this is going to be something that hasn't been done here before. Yeah. So it's going to be great. Well, good, because I'm terrified with you. Good. <laughs> um, and shucks to all that. But um, I remember when I first um, met KJ, I thought, we could be friends. I felt like it was like on the playground. Like, hi, will you be my friend? And then we started talking about Moses and Jesus and we and breaking bread together. And um, I don't know, just things kept going from there. So it's, it's been, been a, good. It's been amazing. And yeah. and so George's help uh, helps serve during our college programs, and she's done sermons for our, our college people and. The first time I heard her talk, I was like, man, she's so much better than me. And, and it's just like, I just think so highly of the person that you are. So thanks well, for thanks. being here and all that stuff. <laughs> well, because yeah. I tend to just think it's awkward. So I'm, I'm awkward, but I appreciate your... Let's be awkward together. <laughs> Let's be awkward together. Let's do that. <laughs> awkward. <laughs> high five. <laughs> okay, so... So, so <laughs> my hands are sweaty. Know, okay, right? so, um, so here's the deal. Today is the final... Advent, like Saturday, Sunday, and it's a topic of love. Love, love. and it, it, and being at the end, it kind of brings us to, to this point of pointing towards Christmas. And the the Advent season has these four common topics that are celebrated every Advent season: hope, peace, joy. love, and joy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's these four things, and it's bringing us to today and our. General theme is this idea of friendship, and then there's a topic of love, um, because it's Advent. And the Advent season is all about this idea 
of expectancy, this idea of preparing for Christmas. Advent and the Christmas season are actually separate, but they hold hands. Yeah, and Advent, because I'm a word person, Advent, like uh, Mariana said, means arrival, but it, the cool thing about it, it really from the Latin is to come. What is to come? And it's the same root that we get adventure. So there's a sense of expectation and excitement for what is to come. And actually, so I have this thing where I like to pick some words to hold on to for a whole year and to pray through them. So one of my words this year is advent of open hands. Lord, what can I expect you to do? And um, it's been a wild ride. And the other one is authority, just really understanding God's authority in my life and what authority he, when he shows up with me, what kind of authority is that that we can do together? So it's been a powerful, powerful journey. Okay, so, so having this idea of advent, power, authority, expectancy, adventure, I, I totally understand that. Like, I yeah. get it. But then at the same time, it's kind of like, I've celebrated Advent forever. I gr- grew up having the Advent calendars, and there comes this time that things aren't super exciting. And the power, power of the Advent season begins to fizzle out. And the authority of things be- begins to be like, bleh. But that, that's how I often f- feel about the Christmas season or the Advent season or even coming to church. It's like, yeah, I've been there. I've done that. Yeah. I come to get fed. I'm hoping to get fed. But I don't even think I'm hungry anymore. I'm kind of full. And in fact, all, so all the food I eat, it just tastes bland. Yeah. Ha, has no. that been a thing? Yeah. That, I mean, this desire that if we're overfed, we're never hungry. If we're never hungry, we don't know that pain and passion of wanting more. But so I come into that and I want that. I want to be hungry. I want to come here hungry. And I, but I feel a little like the little drummer boy. <laughs> like I have not, I don't have much to offer. What do I have that people don't already know that things people haven't already been fed? But what I, what I want to bring is Jesus and friendship with Jesus and intimacy with Jesus and what that looks like for us and unpacking that. And it always looks a little different. Our relationships, our friendships with Jesus look different. But I've heard, I've heard people talk about, like, they have the goal, the goal of showing up being full. Yeah. And then I've heard people also say that they have the goal <laughs> of showing up to church empty. And both are correct. And there's these different heart postures of these people like, man, I want to bring to church. And then that there are others that are like, I'm hoping to show up completely void of anything. Well, sometimes so that the I Holy just Spirit, am. I yeah. just am. I show up empty and I'm just, <sighs> do something. <laughs> okay, so how does this have totally anything to do as far as today's passage? Well, it has everything to do with today's passage. Our church has been doing a sermon series on the Gospel of John for a super long time. And it's been incredible. But it's brought us to this, this passage that there's a d- dichotomy um, that is about to happen, that Jesus is, is talking to his disciples, and he's, he's beginning to call them up to something else. Um, all of John 15 has been brilliant and fun, and it's been, you know, Jesus is kind of closing the chapter, 
they're on this discipleship process, and he's bringing them in close, and he's telling them all the secrets. Like, I'm just going to hit this again. I want to hit this again. I'm going to be gone. I'm going to hit this again. I want to hit this again. And John 15 is this this very heart-to-heart. There's Jesus, and here's the disciples. And I just think it's important before going into our passage to kind of set the context just a tiny, tiny little bit. It's the context that, from a Hebrew perspective, so if I am a disciple, I also hold this posture of being a servant. I'm there to serve the person I am following. I, I carry his pack. I clean his feet. I, I take care of his sandals. I'm thinking about collecting food. I'm trying to, I'm carrying this servant posture. And furthermore, servants don't ask a ton of questions. They do the thing they're told, or if they're asked something, they will give the answer. But typically, servants don't ask questions. They don't get to see the things that are behind the scenes, behind the scenes. They don't ask about the thing behind the thing. A servant is going to do the thing that a servant is told. And that's a posture that probably the disciples have held up until this point in John chapter 15. They're holding this posture of disciple. They're following. They're they're doing the things they're told. That They're serving. And it's beautiful. And Jesus is about to turn the corner. And so in the turning of this corner, so he's repeating. I love that about, love that about the Bible, that God repeats important information, and Jesus has repeated so much important information, but he's turning the corner, and he's calling us, he's calling his disciples into a, a deeper, more intimate calling um, relationship. So um, what I appreciate about KJ, <laughs> my friend, is that he's so, he's, so, he's so open and vulnerable, and he invites about everyone. A speech <laughs> yes, right, and uh, just, just living life wholeheartedly, but he he invites people into to joining him to participate. So, in that spirit, let's read um, let's read our passage together. You are, you my, are friends my friends if you, you do, do what, what I, I command. command. I, I no longer call, call you servants, servants because, because a servant, servant does not know his master's business. business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command that you love each other. Whatever. Perfect. Good job. We did it. Okay, so going back, I want to just focus on the first part of this passage. So if that second set can pop up here, you are my friends if you do what I command. He's talking to his disciples. I no longer call you servants. He's saying he had called them servants, but a servant does not know what his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. This is a really big deal. This is a dichotomy. He's drawing this separation between a friend and a servant. 
And he says, I no longer call you a servant, but I call you a friend. You have to assume here at this point that he has been, up until this point, calling his disciples servants. And then how does he quantify this idea between a, a servant and a friend? He says a, friend, or a servant does not, they don't ask questions as to the thing that is being told to them. They do what they are told to do. They don't have the behind the scenes. But because they are friends, he has told them everything. There's a huge shift that's about to take place for the disciples going forward. That they aren't just here to follow, and they aren't just here to serve, but they're actually there to be by his side. So I've been thinking about friendship. What does that mean? What is a friend? Um, what does that separate out from servant to friend? And a friend is a companion. A companion, someone is you, literally the person you break bread with. A, compa- a friend shares experiences. A friend shares secrets. A friend um, shares struggles. A friend shows up in your spaces together with you. And um, Or, I mean, think about this. So the other day, so Georgia and I are, are trying to talk about this sermon, and we're even bouncing back and forth, but, but it's been hard, right? Like to do it over text and try to find right. time. And I sent her a text. I'm like, how about the two of us get together at Village, Village Inn to have pie? And so she and I go to Village Inn and have pie, and we get a pot of coffee. Pieces, I had way. two pieces of pie, and she shamed me and judged me for that. I didn't. And uh, you did. And, uh, I was and, surprised. And, and then, then, although she and I got together to talk about this sermon on friendship, the whole first like hour had been just talking about our friendship and catching up, and and then the sermon could flow from Sharing there. Sharing life. Yeah, it's Sharing. like over pie. Just being together, breaking pie. Breaking pie. And a pot of coffee is yeah. for him. And it was so fun. And the whole time, she and I are like, this is so fun. This is so fun. Yeah. So thanks for And the we pie. laughed and we yeah. cried. Yeah. Or I cried, but. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. See, I hopped, I hopped on in you there. She did not papers. have that planned. It's not on your paper. And that just messed <laughs> you up. So, so, so to talk about the heart of friendship. Friendship, because yeah. the person that you are has has these very eclectic f- friendships, like across the board. It's incredible oh, the people thanks. that you are beside. Talk yeah. about that. Well, first friendship. What, first thing right now is um, my daughter, my oldest daughter Zoe, just turned eighteen. She's um, went off to college. So before her college. Um, before college, we wanted to go on a big summer adventure together. And so the first part was um, her saving her money, learning how to budget and all that. And, and we took a trip to Paris. And then from there, we went on a service trip to Bangladesh. A whole big trip. Epic, amazing adventure. So in the first part, I'm like, okay, I'm her mom. I just, I just want to make sure that when I send her off into life, I, I can do it knowing she has the skills to handle how to how to work a budget, how to, how to um, 
manage transportation and all these pieces and we're in another country and all that. So anyway, we're doing that, we're on the trains, we're going here and there, we're figuring stuff out together. Uh, then we're at the open market and she's ready to spend her souvenir money and, and we end up with the, at the cheese stand, the fromage, which is one of the words we learned in French. I don't speak French, but um, anyway, so we're at the market and she's like, we're sampling all these amazing cheeses and she's like, I want to buy cheese. I'm like, okay. So, but neither of us really have a concept of kilograms to euros, like how much cheese is going to cost. Because who does? <laughs> well, who's, who does? <laughs> who and it's cheese. good cheese and we're excited and we're tasting all of them. And anyway, so I thought as a mom, I want to step in and be like, do you know how much money you have? Is this going to be, well, maybe you should go less and see how much, it, ask him how much it weighs. But I'm like, no, this is a learning experience. I needed to let her just learn about the cheese and the price. Anyway, huge chunk of cheese for a huge amount of her souvenir budget. <laughs> and then we have no place to store it. So we ended up um, eating it and sharing it and eating it and sharing it just for like a couple days. And we're like, <laughs> it was amazing. But anyway, so as a mom, I'm like, okay, she's learning about to ask the right questions and figure things out. So next we go to, we fly from Paris to Bangladesh. And in Bangladesh, it's new to both of us. The language, the culture, the heat, the, all of it is so new and so different, the fruit. And all of a sudden, we move from mother and daughter, and instead, we move into friendship. And it's this back and forth. We're companions on this trip where, she, where she's experiencing something and saying, oh, I figured this out. She's, she learned all the, <laughs> all the words faster than I did about goodbyes and hellos and how much does it cost. So I'm like, what is that? So we're no longer like, I'm teaching her these things. She's my friend, we're companions, we're doing it together, we're problem solving together, we're, we're debriefing after the trip together. And um, so there's this back and forth shift from, I'm your mom, I'm your friend, I'm your mom, no, I'm your friend. And there was one point in Bangladesh where she got sick and I totally stepped into mom mode where I was like, I have a COVID test, do you need Tylenol? Okay, stay in bed. And, and then when she got better, it wasn't COVID, we got, she got back up and I was like, okay, now we're friends again. And this. Um, this, this back and forth of instead of mom, I call you friend. And sometimes then I slip back and call you daughter again, but friend, mom, daughter, instead. And so, um, yeah, this beautiful mother I don't know how to summarize <laughs> that into something like pinpointed. Man, I need to summon Pastor Allen here. Like he is the king of like, and here's the point. the point. But I think the point simply is. With our verse. What? Yeah. Right? Right, exactly. Can, so yeah. you're going to read it. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia, it's going to be okay. Okay. So, so, so there's, this, there's this point. So as a parent, that it isn't I have to take care of you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to instruct you here. Yeah. It's simply the two of us are doing this together. And that's the invitation of Jesus here, that it is this discipleship journey has kind of hit its ceiling. It's time to do this thing together. It's time to be friends. And he goes in, as far as this passage goes, and going forward, he begins to unpack it just a bit, this idea of friendship. But the thing he actually does is he's pointing back to the things he has said in, in John chapter 15. So here's the second part of this passage. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed 
you so that you go, that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And the vocabulary of this, the other time that he talked about fruit, Pastor Allen did a sermon about the vine and the branches and the fruit. So, yeah. so talk to us about that. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about what Pastor Allen said about attachment and what do we, as fruit bears and as we abide, what does that look like? How do we, who do we attach our identity to? Um, what kind of fruit is growing out of our connection? And, um, and then the awareness of like, when we abide, there's always a presence, there's always a connection. And um, just thinking through, what is that? What is the, what, what are we attaching to that brings us, that defines who we are? I have a couple of things about this. Okay, of course you so, do. <laughs> so um, I thought about that sermon that had been given, the point that there was a talk about um, to define that, to, that term of, of pruning or cutting off, the idea that it isn't just cutting off, that it's like bringing up and pushing up towards the sun. I thought that was, that was brilliant and fun. I also was thinking about the idea of a Attachment, and I'm I'm like this visual guy, and I always see everything happening. And so, talking about the question of you know how do I attach to things, or who am I attaching to, or and then I saw this idea of the the branch and then a vine. It's like, does the branch have a choice to attach to a vine? So if fear of a vine, can I attach a branch to you <laughs> and say, that, vine, that branch did a super awesome job in attaching to Georgia. No, the vine actually grows the branch. Like, right. branches can only say they're attached probably after the attaching already happened because they're connected at the vine. And so, so like this idea that he didn't choose, or, or he chose us, and he's calling that out. Like, the disciples didn't choose him. He chose them. And this idea of bearing fruit that will be there, like this permanence, that it isn't this temporary thing, because he isn't this t temporary thing, right? So if the fruit from the vine and the fruit from him, and he is eternal, then if you are attached to the vine, or you grew from the vine, and your origin is the vine, then the fruit that you give are going to be the same fruit he gives out of friendship compared to duty. And then I was thinking, okay, we're getting off topic, but I was, I was thinking <laughs> that, that, that a vine doesn't bear fruit because it should bear fruit. A vine doesn't bear fruit because it's been told to bear fruit. A vine isn't a serve or a, a branch so it isn't the servant of the vine it's just the offshoot of the vine it's attached to the vine it's the friend of the vine and the things that the friendship between the vine and the branch do is they just bear fruit they're not trying hard to bear fruit like a good vine is going to bear fruit through the branch yeah, so there's, I got. This, there's this <laughs> abiding, this becoming, and this growth. It's not just, yeah. Yeah, it's it's doing the thing it does, and and being a friend of Jesus 
is bearing the fruit that Jesus bears. There's something so cool in that. Yeah. I, um, I got to tell you that, like, okay, so it, it, it's like, who am I talking to here? I don't know. Okay, sorry. Okay, so um, I have a son who, who I, I began before he was born to try to explore the outdoors um, simply so I could have something to offer him being a parent. Before that, I didn't care about the outdoors at all. Um, but I felt convicted of like, so I should, I should fish, I should hunt, I should explore, I should backpack, so I could have something to bring him up in. And I did that. And, and so all throughout his growing up, I, I would put him in a backpack. And I put him on my shoulders, and I would take him on hikes, and we would have our, our trekking poles, and he would have his hands up, and anyway, um, and he would hit me on the head, and we'd go, and he and I would have adventures together. And then I took him on his first turkey hunt. I told you guys about this a long time ago, and I said during his turkey hunt, he only talked about Pokemon. Can I just play Pokemon, Dad? And I said, yes, let's just play Pokemon. That, that was at the age of five. And I, I, I did a sermon about this, like, a long time ago. Well, he's 15, and he, he and I have been on great adventures together. And this past October, I took him to Canada uh, to go on a hunt. And during this hunt, he and I had to be in separate spots. I'm calling, and he's a shooter, and, and he and I are in such sync. Like, he is thinking the same things that I am thinking. He's, it, I, it was incredible that I thought, oh my gosh, he is who I am. He hunts how I hunt. He thinks how I hunt. Like, he, he's in my head, and I am in his head, and it was incredible. And so thinking about the this verse that Jesus is saying, you are now my friends because there isn't anything hidden from you anymore. That's how I feel this idea of the vine and the branches and, and, and then the dichotomy of servanthood plays into it. Yeah. All right, so the other passage is going to pop up on the board of how things progress from here. And so, that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. So again, he's going back. He's going back and pointing at things that he said before. These should not be a surprise. It's the things you ask for in my name, I will give to you. There was a sermon about this, picking apart, what does that mean? And it's, it's the things I see the Father doing, I am doing. The things I see the Father feeling, I am feeling. I only say what I see the Father saying. I only hear what I hear the Father saying. I only do what I see him doing. I am in the Father, and he is in me. And he invites the disciples to kind of do the same thing, to be able to say, I am in Jesus and he is in me. And I only do the things I hear 
Jesus saying, and I only do the things I see him doing, then he invites us, whatever you pray, help me out, in my My name, name, I will do. What does it mean to pray in his name? And he's bringing us truly into this idea of being by his side and having the same heart, having the same Okay, you go. You go. <laughs> okay. The, so I've been thinking in, earlier in John, he says, no servant is greater than his master. Now he's saying, like from the playground, I called you, I appointed you as my friend to go and bear fruit. And this idea that in this space, if we're friends, we're companions, we do this together, whatever you ask in my name. And that always blows my mind. So recently, I feel like, you know, God, Jesus' love and heartbeat for people of every tongue and tribe and nation has compelled me to also love people from other tongues and tribes and nations and languages here in, in Greeley in our community. And um, so Jesus invited me on this adventure um, of love and friendship with some, um, one young woman from North Africa. And um, it was great. We really connected. And one day I was out spending time with her, and she, she just, she, her heart was heavy. She needed so many things. She needed transportation, safe housing. She needed to feel protected, and she needed to feel like she belonged somewhere. And I told her I'd pray for her, and then I got into the car, and I left, and I, I just cried, and I thought, you led me into this place. You led me on this adventure with this friend, you invited me in, and I, I have nothing for her. I can't give her what she needs to feel like that you showed up and you, like all these things that we talk about, we looked back on that Jesus fed his disciples, he, fought, he, he led them, he guided them, he was with them, and I, and I felt like I don't have those, I don't have the, the resources to be Jesus to her. And so I just sat in the car and I cried. <laughs> And in that space, the song came on the radio that said, in Jesus' name, and it kept saying, in Jesus' name. And I said, kind of in desperation, a little bit, a little bit almost angry, calling out Jesus on his promise. You said, you said whatever I asked in your name, you said you'd show up in this place. And um, I sat there a little longer, and um, I knew in that moment, I knew what I needed to do. He said, he was in my heart, just recruit those other friends, the other ones, my other daughters. Ask them to pray in my name. And that's what we did. And God showed up in amazing ways that, um, that he promises to. He's with us, and as we abide in him, He promises to show up with us. He says, whatever you ask in my name, I'm with you. I am with you in the friendship. I am with you in this connection. I I brought you here. I got this. Yeah, and also, I I think that's an incredible story, and it comes from this heartbeat of the final theme of Advent, that is love. love. Like, it it comes from this heart of, of, of love and friendship, and, and, and coming beside Jesus, in this idea of friendship, it's bearing the fruit that he bears 
that's going to have this eternal consequence, which is pretty cool. But there's like this, there's this qualifier, I almost think, that this passage begins by saying that you are a friend if you obey this command. Um, So it isn't like, hey, it's all good. All of us are friends and hanging out. He actually begins this passage by saying, you aren't a servant, but you are a friend if you obey this command. And here it is. Here's how the passage ends. This is my command, love each other. To be the friend of Jesus, you love each other. And it comes from this idea of I'm going to cry over people in the car because they are hurting and broken and hungry and don't have a home, don't have a vehicle, don't have jobs, and I will have a heart broken for that because I love them. That's what it's that God wants our hearts to show up in it, and that's what he wanted all along was that my heart was completely in, and then he... he I got to know, had the heart you had at that time, had it been full or had it been empty? I don't know. It was a mess. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. But but, but you got to think about it. Like, like going back to how the sermon began, like some people show up to church and they have a full heart, and they're like, whoa, you know, church. And then there are others that are like, man, I'm just empty, and I'm going to offer Jesus my emptiness. I think at times that there are both playing together. Yeah. And it's like the deep is crying out to deep in those times, and it feels like a holy, yeah. holy thing. I feel like a lot of times I've come thinking I have something to offer. I have, I am fed, and I'm overflowing, and I want to give. When I get into the situation, I realize I don't, I don't have enough. I yeah, but, but th- think about it. Think about going forward and like who the disciples are going to be from this point on. And th- think about like they all have heard John 15. They've heard of the vine of the branches. They've heard about praying in the identity of Jesus. They've heard about this great command, right? And then like think about it. So Peter, or Peter and Jesus are hanging out. And Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And he's and how and Peter's like, of course I do. It's like here's the great command. I'm by your side. I'm your friend. And he says, then feed my sheep. Yeah. Um, think about John, John and uh, Mary when Jesus is on the cross and and um, he's thinking about his mom. <laughs> he's like, John, here is your mom. Here is your son. And he's connecting his inner circle, he's connecting his loved ones to connect with each other. So Jesus is telling John to take care of his mom. Right? Right, yeah. It's like, to be a friend of Jesus, you bear the fruit that he bears because you're connected to the vine. And so if he has sheep, you feed them. If he has people that are hurting, you need to take care of them. Yeah, so I love um, last week what uh, Stetson said, if you guys haven't seen his sermon, go back and watch that one. That was or he's still here, thinking he about it. Or he's here, he can just come it. up and give it. <laughs> but, but just this idea of abiding, and it brings joy, and what does that look like? And that um, what brings greater joy to us as humans is knowing that we're loved or loving other people with that love. And I'm like, oh, yeah. 
So how does someone in the church, how has someone who has been on this active discipleship journey turn the corner from being a servant and doing things because that's the thing you're supposed to do into being a friend of Jesus? I mean, like, really, like, the, that's the brass tacks here. It's like this servanthood journey of doing the things because you're supposed to or, 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 or carrying the pack because you're supposed to or, or feeding the sheep because you're supposed to into this taking on the gospel as you. And it's part of Advent, what is to come. Yeah, and Advent, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it, 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 there can be a whole different Advent experience in preparing to participate in the gospel compared to just celebrating it. I, I mean, don't you think there's something there, like, yeah. instead of just pointing at things, to actually embody it, like the friendship of Jesus, it transitions, like, from, from, Jesus breaking the bread and saying, this is my body, to the disciples are actually breaking the bread, saying, this is his body. It's, it's instead of him going out and praying for people, bringing hope and preaching and giving incredible sermons or, or going and being the hope that people are dying for, that his friends are actually bringing hope and hope bearers and bringing the gospel and sitting in the car crying and, and having huge quantities of cheese and pie. <laughs> yes. Like things are happening. Yeah, and that companionship, the ones that are with you sharing bread. And that's what Jesus is inviting us into. It's the invitation. It's the invitation if church has gotten boring. If the Advent season, it doesn't have the authority and the power that it's had in the past, it's possible that it isn't time to be fed, it's time to actually do the feeding. It's the time to feed the sheep, break the bread, give it, invite people out for pie and coffee and talk about your friendship and give something instead of take things. There's this shift of the church that to participate in the glory of the gospel, you actually get to become it. And you get to go and share and that's the thing that the shepherds got to do with the birth of Jesus. Like, they, they heard it, and there's songs about them going and proclaiming. Um, it's really cool. It is. So, so in that vein, our family and our friends have the opportunity to partake in breaking bread today and to share the cup. Um, the, the breaking of bread is something that the church has done from the very beginning of time to symbolize that Jesus has died for us. His body has been broken and his blood has been spilt. Yeah. Okay, yes. I'll keep going. Keep yes, going. <laughs> okay. And, and so because of that, to take the bread, to take the cup, it is us proclaiming we believe in him. We put our faith in him, and we celebrate this together as a family. And there's a lot of beauty there. So I'm going to say a prayer. The band is going to come up. And at any time at this point that you have a desire to take the cup and take the bread, you can come up and do that. Today, I'm going to invite you to take the cup and hold the bread and to 
Tell yourself, I am a friend of Jesus, okay? And, and give that the opportunity just to soak in a bit. I am a friend of Jesus. He did this for me. I am his friend. Lord, thank you for the Advent season and the places you bring us. That thank you for the hope that you give, the peace that you bring, the joy that you are, the friendship you invite us into. Thank you for your broken body and your spilt blood that proclaims death is not the end. Jesus, thank you for preparing a table for us and for calling us your friends. In Christ I pray, in Christ we proclaim. So wherever you're at coming out of this message today, I just encourage you to continue to sit in these things that the Lord is speaking to you. And we're here for you. If there's something that got stirred up in your heart and you want to talk to somebody or you need prayer today, maybe nothing related to the message, but you really could use somebody to listen to you and pray for you, we're here. So we would be honored if you would reach out. You can go to our website anytime there's a chat there that most likely it's going to be me to talk to you and pray for you, and I'd love to do that. Or you can call us, uh, send us emails. Just uh, know that you're not alone, and we're here with you in this journey. So be blessed today. Have a good rest of your day.